0: an Alpine Village. You just heard about it. We just did a big old interview with the caretakers here, Stan the man and his wonderful, wonderful wife Bonnie, telling us all about the wonderful facilities here and what God's been doing and what God has built here. And you know what, Lyle? It reminds me of what we studied um, just about yesterday in our encounter with God, uh, where we talked about the church as a church entity and whether or not we, you know, we should, as Christians, we should, do we need the church? We need to be part of a church body. Look at this place. This place would not have happened without a church body, without a church entity.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and it, um, you know, and there's lots of places like this around Australia that are catering to, you know, all of these kinds of, you know, good, wholesome activities, owned by many different churches, and just doing a fantastic work. Absolutely. Wouldn't exist without it. Yeah. We true. did have a comment come in from a listener via text Ooh, yeah. message. Um. And uh, uh, Brad sent this one in. He says, and this was in relationship to the news story that I was sharing earlier in relationship to alcohol. Oh, yes. And a couple of dry suburbs that they have down in Melbourne that, uh, of course, the, uh, the the Premier is proposing to get rid of. He says, part of the mentality, and this is good to hear from a, a, a local, part of the mentality in Melbourne is the link between alcohol and the music scene. And the belief seems to be that music and drinking are inherently linked because a lot of music venues in Melbourne are pubs. Daniel Andrews probably thinks more pubs will save the music industry down here, but they need to take care of things like violence and public transport first. You know, I enjoy good music, and I don't see why people can't enjoy good music without alcohol. Why do you have to have alcohol to enjoy good music? Yes, promote the music scene. You know, music is an important part of life, and let's have you know lots of good, wholesome music around the place, but... Pro, you know, promoting more alcohol doesn't uh, do anything to help the music scene. Nothing at all. It was a good comment, Brad, and uh, thanks for sharing. Yeah, it in fact, in I remember, text message.
0: you know, I've lived in Melbourne twice now in my lifetime. Um, I forgot to call you Melbourne, Lyle, and uh, i got to tell you, you know, I went to a couple of gigs, uh, concerts, what so, you know, that kind of thing. The one that sticks in my head, I can't remember what was happening with the music, but I do remember the fact that some drunk threw up all over the back of my legs. <laughs> it was definitely, it was so detracting from the experience that I literally can't remember the music. All I can remember is that happening and That's being disgusted by disgusting. it. Yeah, it's revolting. So yeah, definitely don't need to happen uh, together. But Lyle, let me hit you with a quiz clue.
1: Yeah, and and this is the other thing. You know, Shell was um um on the train on her way down here. She caught she caught the train for part of the part of the journey. There was a music festival, and and that and the train was packed with people going to the music festival. And they were already, you know, quite a few of them were already drunk, and you know the guys pulling their pants down, all this kind of stuff. And yeah, there's just you know nobody wants to see that. Yeah. Um, and, and of course, you know, you take alcohol out of the equation and that bad behavior disappears for the most part. You know, and, and to think that, you know, if you have to have alcohol to be able to have a good time, there's a major problem. You, you got issues if you can't have a good time without al- alcohol. You know, I, I, it, uh, I have a, I have a great time and, uh, I don't need to use mind altering drugs to have a great, great time.
0: That's true. Yeah. Amen.
1: Anyway, we need to have our encounter with God.
0: Before we do that, we need to have our quiz.
1: Oh, we yes, do too. Yes, yeah. The Grey Nomads have already um, they've already answered it. They have figured it out. Um, of course, we're down here at Jindabyne, transmitting from uh, Jindabyne mm-hmm. and uh, the Grey Nomads camp, and but they've already answered it. But they let you guys, you listeners, off the hook yes. because they haven't. They've they've left the prize for you, so it's still Sorry out there. Not to snap it up. Give us a call. One 843 is our number.
0: Okay. The fourth clue. Who am I? I like Peter and Andrew, and from Bethsaida on the Sea of Galilee. If you know who that is, give us a call. Our number, of course, is one eight hundred Faith FM one eight hundred three two four eight four three. Give us a call; you could win the prize. Still going.
1: Fantastic, and it looks like we might have a uh, a little bit more um, live audience come on through, guys. You can gra- grab a seat and quietly listen in. And, well, that's uh,
0: dedication because those who are joining us for our live audience must be missing out on breakfast because it's breakfast time at camp right now.
1: Oh yes, yes, absolutely. If
0: you can hear a bit of a rubble or a bit of rabble in the background, that is the that's sound. Everyone, everyone of, going to eat? Yes, they've just come out of morning worship and they're heading over to breakfast, and I think our producer's going to join them.
1: <laughs> so if something goes wrong in the next five minutes,
0: hey, producer Shell, um, you are down in the breakfast hall? Can you? Bring us like some hash browns or something. <laughs> Don't bring mushrooms. <laughs> that will result in a rant. <laughs> okay, encounter right, with yes. God time.
1: Encounter with God. Ephesians chapter two, verse nineteen through twenty two is the passage we're going to look at this morning. I really like this passage right here. It's it's um it teaches a lot it teaches us a lot of thing about the things about the nature of God's church. And understanding the nature of God's church helps us to understand unity within God's church, and also helps us to understand disunity.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so why don't you read for us uh, Ephesians chapter two and verse nineteen?
0: Ephesians two nineteen says, "So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners; you are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family." Okay, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, Keep reading there. Okay, verse 20 says, Together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right, so what are some of the key ideas here that Paul emphasizes um, in this passage? What, what does this image tell us about unity in the church?
0: Well, he's smashing disunity, isn't he? He's saying, you know, we're all, we're all part of the God's holy people, we're all part of God's family now. Um, there's no longer a stranger, there's no longer foreign citizens. we're all together we're in this together. He's, he's, yeah, he's really just pulling apart disunity.
1: Okay, and he outlines the foundation on which the church was built. What is the foundation on which the church is built?
0: It says here: "The built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus Himself."
1: Okay, so you've got a church that is built on, uh, you know, the, the the cornerstone of the foundation, or the the uh, the most important stone is um, is built on Jesus Christ, and then you've got the foundation on there, and then the rest of us building on that foundation. And so, if you're talking about a foundation, what kind of a thing are you talking about?
0: Oh, like a building. A building, yeah. yeah. Okay, so it's describing
1: mm-hmm. God's church as being like a building, mm-hmm. and the people within it are, you know, a part of that building. It's interesting. This word cornerstone here, yeah, can also be translated capstone.
0: Oh, capstone. That's yeah. funny because you think cornerstone would be something down the bottom and capstone would be something at the top, right?
1: Yeah, you can translate translate it both ways, and it's it's interesting imagery if you do so because a capstone. You know when you think about a cornerstone, you sort of think, okay, yeah, but a building has four corners, and Jesus is a cornerstone, yeah, yeah, but what, what's what's the rest of it mm-hmm. what's the rest of that foundation made up of, but with a capstone, there can only ever be one
0: ah, I see, okay,
1: so a capstone has some really Im- interesting uh imagery associated with it and uh and, and because there can only be one, you think about this for a moment. A capstone is the stone that goes in the center of an arch. Gotcha. All right, yep. so you know how you see an arch. Yep. And you've got all of these stones that go up around the arch and then in the middle of that arch, right in the center, right at the top, you often have a larger, more prominent stone. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, that stone is going to take the weight of the whole arch, isn't it? Yeah, because if you pull that stone out, the arch just collapses oh, from other yes, side. Yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah, it's taking gotcha, the weight yeah, of the arch. Yeah. And an arch is a very strong and powerful uh, shape. You'll often mm-hmm. find arches you know, used in the ancient world where they didn't, have, you know, they didn't have the ability to use steel beams and so forth that we have today. And so what they would do is they'd build out of stone, they would create an arch. And so your churches are all built around arches. Mm-hmm. So there are multiple arches all over the place because uh, that's how you actually build a structure. That is big enough to stand up and support its own weight, and the weight of that structure um, is focused on that capstone. And so, with Jesus, you know, he can be the cornerstone on the foundation, uh, which is great because then you know the whole building is built up off that. Or he can be the capstone, which is taking the weight of the whole building, and it just gives that uh, you know that slightly different picture of who Jesus is and the role that he. Plays uh, within the church and the unity that Jesus brings, because the capstone is where all other stones within that structure unite.
0: It's beautiful. It's beautiful imagery. Yeah, yeah, all united at the capstone. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Um, <clears throat> so, verse twenty-one, of course, in whom all the building fitly framed together, grows to a holy temple unto the Lord. So notice here, fitly framed together. And this is a a uh, an, another piece of imagery here when you look at the ancient masonry where they're building with stones and often they would build with, you know, they're often built without mortar.
0: Yeah, that to be just really perfectly exact.
1: perfectly fitted, stones perfectly fitted together, which is really just, you know, the most amazing form of structure that you can even begin to. To imagine, you're
0: listening to Faith FM, positively different
1: radio. So you're building a structure without mortar, where all the stones just fit together. They fit together so perfectly that you can't slide a piece of paper between them. And I've 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 seen these stones, like, say, for instance, in the foundations of the temple. You do the Western Wall tour. Massive, enormous stones.
0: It absolutely blows my mind. As someone who, like, makes quilts, either through crochet, you know, knitting, or through um, just sewing together patches of fabrics, it it blows my mind that they can get the mathematics and the the measurements so exact that everything just fits together perfectly. Because even, you know, with today's science and tools and stuff, and measuring out, you know, even just simple squares and trying to sew them together... There's always something off. There's always like a corner missing here or a patch there where it's on, you know, crooked or something's happening. It just blows my mind the way they've made these buildings back
1: then. Yeah, and it's like you look out at this mountainside right here. Yeah. And it's full of rock. It is. You know, and imagine going out there set to that mountainside, Mon. Mm -hmm. And you've got, uh, you you don't have, you know, any machine tools that we have today. You've got hand tools. You're going to go out there with hand tools and you're going to uh, dig into that mountainside and you're going to carve out rocks out of that mountainside oh, mercy. into a shape where they're going to fit together so perfectly that you cannot slide a piece of paper between them the whole building will support itself it does not need mortar it is held together by gravity alone and it will survive earthquakes and it will survive literally for centuries even millennia
0: yep definitely not something i'm capable of <laughs>
1: okay that's a different kind of engineering than what we have today
0: sounds like a better kind of engineering, to be honest. It uh,
1: it it it's it's you know, and, and often often it is, you know. Often we've tried to do repairs to, you know, some of the ancient uh, buildings to you know tourist attraction and sort of put it mm-hmm. back together, and we use some modern technology and we mess it up. It's true. You know, they tried to, to tried to fix some of the ancient Greek buildings, and suddenly, you know, they'd bolted them together with steel, and suddenly they had rust stains, and 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 they realised that in the ancient ancient Greek buildings, they never got rust stains because they weren't holding them together with you know
0: steel bolts, yeah, steel
1: bolts like we do today. So it's um yeah, the ancients were you know we often think about you know ancient history and like yeah they were a bit primitive back then because they didn't have machine tools but they were actually in many ways far more advanced than what we are right now You because know, these structures, you know, today you build a structure, what's the lifespan of a house today? 50 years, yeah. 100 years at the most, mm-hmm. and it's time to knock down and rebuild unless it gets heritage listed. Mm-hmm. Um, you build a skyscraper, what's it going to last? You know, once again, 50, 100 years, and you're going to uh, demolish it and start, start over again. Uh, but back in those days they would literally build buildings that would last for millennia. Mm -hmm. And this is the kind of building that Jesus is likening the church to. You know, fitly framed together, perfectly joined together. And when you look at those stones, how they perfectly joined together, such a good illustration because it's the the kind of unity that we need to have. Probably the, the most fascinating masonry I've ever seen in the ancient world was in Peru. Oh really? Yeah. You have ever been to Peru? No,
0: I have not. Oh, you've got to. Put,
1: is that on your bucket list? Oh, it's always on my bucket list. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Is any country not on your bucket no, list? Okay, no. No.
0: Right. Perth <laughs> is not on my bucket list. <laughs> no offense, Perth.
1: We, we we have um, we have lots of listeners in Perth, man.
0: No, it's just because I spent twenty three years there, and that's you know I've rinsed it out. Okay, so you've times. seen that. Yeah, yeah. D- I've
1: been there, done that. Don't need to go back.
0: Heavily ticked that off multiple times. So yeah. Yeah.
1: Fair enough. Okay. So. Um, <clears throat> Peru, Peru. The, um, the Royal Inca Masonry is the, just the most phenomenal masonry you'll find anywhere because every stone is a different shape and they all fit perfectly together. And then they have, you know, behind the scenes what you can't see is all of the uh, the, the, the dowels and the joints and the, that is actually carved into each rock, the mortise and the tenons that uh, where each rock just, you know, and you'll have a rock that's got, you know, 18, 20 different faces on it. Oh, really? And no mortar, and it's earthquake-proof. Wow. They say when the big earthquakes through come through and all the colonial and modern buildings fall down, the Inca buildings and the Inca walls, you can actually see the rocks. They look like they're floating.
0: Oh, really? They look
1: like they're floating during an earthquake because Peru has some, some doozies of earthquakes. Yeah. They're on a massive fault line like right there. And they look like they're floating, and when the earthquake is over, they all just... clunk. Back into place. Back into place. They just fall back into place, and nothing falls over. Whereas, you know, everywhere around it, everything else is, um, you know, you, you build something out of um, stones and mortar, and of course, it's just um, the worst the worst possible kind of construction for an earthquake.
0: I wonder if those ancient architects knew what they were doing when they took if they took earthquakes into account when they built their buildings.
1: Well, I think they did. Mm-hmm. I think that was the whole purpose behind it. I mean, why else would you go to that level of effort? It's it's entirely unnecessary unless you are building something that will survive. Um, you know, tremendous earthquake. Very, very clever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just, uh, just just, truly amazing. <clears throat> and so, you know, when the Bible talks about fitly joined together and you see the unity amongst those stones. So next time, uh, if you, listener, are heading over to Peru, and I highly recommend it, it's a great country to visit, um, have a look at those stones fitly framed together. Or if you head to, you know, um, the, anywhere in the old world, really, um, look at those stones that are fitly framed together, no mortar between them, perfectly joined, still standing after thousands of years. And remember this verse right here and the kind of unity that God is calling for um, and how God likens uh, this to a, a building. All right, <coughs> let's, um, let's, let's, let's look at a little bit further into this because when you talk about a house, a house is not complete without a household. What's a household? It's the people who live inside it. That's no, the people that mm-hmm. live inside of it. Okay, so a house is without a... We're talking about the imagery of a building right here. Without people living inside of it, you've just got a building. That's right. And so there are a number of images that come through from what Paul is talking about right here. The first is that God's church is an actual building. The second is, well, an actual building is meaningless without people inside of it. Now, you were sharing a story earlier, a very personal story from your own experience, um, and, and a sad story in some ways, uh, but um, of how, you know, families can families can, can tear themselves apart at times. Mm, yes' yeah, true. Uh, do we find that amongst churches?
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Why is that? Pride. I'll put it down to pride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pride and they they start to fight. They, you know, we we read just I think it was last week when we talk about unity. Um, you know, we need to overlook each other's shortcomings, and I think a lot of people just don't don't want to, so they don't.
1: There was a verse that we were looking at. What was that verse? Do you remember what that verse was? It was right here in Ephesians somewhere.
0: Yeah, I'm, I was trying to find it last night and I couldn't find it. Uh, also, I was going to ask you while the show was off if you could <laughs> help me find that verse. We'll find
1: it during the next, during hey, the next break. Hey, maybe
0: if you know where it is, give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. Tell us where that verse is. We've been looking for it since last night.
1: Yeah, no, it's right there. I know I, I, I'll find it during the next, uh, during the next song break. Um, absolutely. Oh, our producer is back and nothing went wrong.
0: With hash browns. And we have hash browns. Yay. We get to eat. Those are for us, right?
1: Oh, most, she says, oh, <laughs> most of them, most of them. Can you hear, can you hear her in the background? Yeah. <coughs> she has um, a whole plate full of food, making me yum, hungry yum, right yum, now. Yum, yum, But, um, okay, so where are we up to? Let's go over to uh, Timothy. Timothy. Yes, let's go to Timothy.
0: Which one? I don't know. First one, second one?
1: Let's go to the second one. Okay. Second I knew it was in Timothy. I just didn't know which one, mm-hmm. but now i found it. Second Timothy, chapter two, and we're going to look down in Verse 19. So we're going to read the same verses here, the same chapter and the same verses in Timothy as in Ephesians.
0: But God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone with this inscription, The Lord knows those who are his, and all who belong to the Lord must turn from evil.
1: Okay, that's the same imagery, isn't it? Yeah, very much. The same foundation stone or the same capstone, and this time there is an inscription written on it. So this kind of, um, once again, the imagery here, Almost leans more towards a capstone than a foundation stone because often you don't really see foundation stones, do you? When you ever walk up to a house, you know somebody's built a new house and it's like, oh, you got a new house. You know, take me for a tour. Mm. Show me the foundations. Have you ever done that? No, I haven't. No, <laughs> It's like yeah. the foundations are the boring part. Yeah, um, but they are the most important part of the entire building, aren't they? That's true. But if you're going to um, have something that you really wanted to stand out, you wouldn't necessarily uh, write an inscription on the foundation stone. You would write an inscription somewhere where it was highly visible. And in this imagery, a capstone at the the, the middle of the top of an arch actually uh, is somewhere where it would be a great place to write an inscription, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, because that way as soon as, you know, any anytime you're walking through the arch, you get to see that particular inscription right there. Okay, so what is the inscription that is written on it?
0: It says, uh, the Lord knows those who are his and all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil.
1: Okay, so there's something very significant here. The Bible says that who knows those that belong to him?
0: All those who belong to him.
1: No, but who knows that? The Lord knows. Yeah, yeah, the Lord knows. What is significant is that he doesn't say that you and I know. And I think that the visions come in. Let me try and figure it out. Waking up.
2: Does anybody care?
0: Welcome back to Faith FM Breakfast Show with Lyle and Mon. We have some exciting news we might share later. Or should we talk about it now? I'm should sure yeah, just... talking
1: talk about it now. It's just like, so this is ridiculously so exciting. So I've, I've never, I've ne- we have never ever had anything like this on Faith FM before.
0: Yes, we just interviewed Stan and Bronny, husband Stan and the, wife team. <laughs> Stan who, the man. Stan the man, uh, husband and wife team, who are the caretakers here at the beautiful Ginderbine Alpine uh, Village, the Adventist Village, where we are broadcasting from uh, our pop-up studio for this whole week. Beautiful location, absolutely stunning. We've been telling you, we've been putting up videos, and we've be putting up more photos throughout the week of where we yeah, are. I'm
1: going to go and take some photos after this, and we'll post them up so, so you yep. can see, um, yeah, what kind of uh, what kind of an environment it is, what kind of accommodation there is available, all that kind of stuff.
0: And Stan has just been so generous; he's just come and told us that we are allowed to give away two couples passes. To stay here at beautiful ginderbine. For a weekend. For a weekend. Free accommodation. Now and we don't Jindabine. even
1: we don't, this this is so new, we don't even know what this what the dollar value of this is yet. Uh-huh. But we do know this is the biggest giveaway we have ever had on Faith FM ever.
0: Yeah. Who wants a holiday? Put your hand up. We have a holiday. Yeah, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking I might just anyway. put my
1: hand up and just, you know.
0: No, you can't win Lyle. You know they don't. Right? And you've just been here for a week You've just been here for a week So we will be giving away um, the two couples passes at the end of this week Uh, So what we're going to do is We're just going to open up our phone lines Please call us before 9 o'clock each morning And register your interest Uh, So just give us your name and your phone number and at the end of the week, we're going to draw uh, two names out of the hat, and each name will re- receive um, a couple's pass to stay here at the beautiful Alpine Village. This uh, wonderful lodge here in Ginderbine.
1: Yeah, I, wow, that's just yeah. that's just amazing.
0: And a big thank you to Stan and the team here at uh, at the Adventist Village because it's just such a generous gift.
1: Yeah, I would, I, we were not expecting that, but uh, there it is. So um, yeah, the, the biggest giveaway ever to take place on Faith FM ever. And it is happening. You are hearing it live. You are hearing it for the first time. So, uh yeah.
0: So, get calling. Our number is 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. What are you waiting for? By the way, Ginderbine is in New South Wales. It is... Uh, like what near the foot of Mount Kosciuszko? So if yeah, forty kilometres
1: from the uh, st- the snowfields.
0: If you wonder whether or not you can get here to um, the beautiful
1: lake here, so there's apparently on that lake there is all kinds of events: speedboat races, skiing events, et cetera. Et cetera, et cetera it's worth during, it during the summer. So if yeah. you
0: if you don't live in New South Wales, there's
1: horse riding, I would there's mountain bike riding, there is yeah.
0: Um, it's just amazing. Yeah, everything. And the food's really good as well, to which we can mm-hmm. testify. We're sitting here stuffing our face. <laughs> yes, you probably hear me
1: cleaning my teeth with my tongue right now just so that, yeah. I, can, just so that I can talk on the radio without... Um, anyway.
0: Okay, Lyle, let me give yes. you a clue for our other giveaway, our quiz. Mm-hmm. So our quiz today is a Who Am I quiz and the... I think this might be the, <laughs> the, is it the last clue, second last clue. Okay, here it is. Are you ready?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I am the apostle who brought Nathaniel to Jesus.
1: Okay, so this is a bit of a theme here, isn't there? Yeah. This is an apostle who is constantly bringing people to Jesus. You know, people come to him. We want to see Jesus. Uh, he brings Nathaniel to Jesus. He is a, a bringer of people to Jesus. Who is that?
0: Give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. You could win the book and Bible cover. It's a very beautiful cover. And of course, same number, 1-800-FAITH-FM. To call up and register your details to receive the couple's pass to the Jindabyne Alpine Lodge.
1: Okay, so we were in Second Timothy. We were talking about this foundation stone and the inscription on that stone. So the inscription on the stone is obviously going to be something that's important. It's going to be foundational to the concept of God's um, of God's church. So, Mon, what I want you to do is hold your finger there mm-hmm. and go to the book of Matthew.
0: Do you mind if I hold a crochet hook there?
1: <laughs> you can put whatever you want right there, Mon. As long as you don't lose that place and just. Yeah, you know, I was time just thinking, Lyle,
0: when you described those um, Aztec buildings to me and how they worked so well together—they fit perfectly together. When the earthquakes came, they weathered that together and then they fit back together again. You know, when we are talking about unity, you know, we've been talking about Christ being the capstone or Christ being the cornerstone, but we all need to be these other little stones that work so well together. That like work together in unity. Yes, it
1: doesn't matter how much we are shaken. And there yes. goes the phones. The yep. phones are going off the yep. hook. Okay, so we uh, um, when we are shaken,
2: mm-hmm.
1: we stay together. That's it. That's Might it. rattle us. Yeah. Yeah, bad things will rattle you for sure. Uh huh. But you slot back in together.
0: Yeah, and with Christ as a capstone, the building will keep standing. Mm-hmm. Great metaphor. Sorry, go on. We're in yeah. Matthew.
1: The more I think about it, the more I like it. I think that um, I think that's a passage that's so much more relevant in Peru than it was in you know even the Middle East when Jesus first gave it.
0: Yeah, true that.
1: Okay, Matthew chapter twenty-two. We're going to summarise a little bit of this passage right here, mm-hmm. and so um, Jesus begin. Read, read for us uh, verse two, please.
0: Verse two. The kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son. Keep going. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to notify those who were invited, but they all refused to come. Okay,
1: and uh, keep going.
0: So he sent other servants to tell them the feast has been prepared, the bulls and fattened calf have been killed, and everything is ready. Come to the banquet.
1: Keep going, keep going.
0: But the guests he had invited ignored them and went their own way. One to his farm, another to his business. Others seized his messengers and insulted them and killed them. The king was furious and he sent out his army to destroy the murderers and burn their town. And he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, and the guests I invited are worthy of the honour. Now go out to the street corners and invite everyone you see. So the servants brought in everyone they could find, good and bad alike, and the banquet hall was filled with guests.
1: Okay, so that sounds like it's the most interesting parable Very right here. If something like this actually happened, I mean, if you got invited, invited to a royal wedding month, I'd be cheering up with bells and whistles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be a kind of an exciting event to go to. That's our, that's our culture. Can you imagine and the that same- wedding cake hall? Or- the same culture back then, Mon. Yes, it's supposed to be about the people. I know <laughs> <laughs> it never is. <laughs> it's always about the cake, it right? Is, you went is. to Germany for cake, didn't you? Yeah, Had I nothing didn't. to do with the people, right? <laughs>
0: Don't tell them on the radio
2: long. <laughs> uh, okay, you're on. a terrible person. <laughs> okay, so um yeah,
1: this is kind of bad what these uh what these um people yeah, do, who and, would and, do and that? and some of them, you know, even turned out to be murderers and so they get their just rewards mm-hmm. and then it's like, okay, we've got this massive wedding banquet here. What are we going to do with all this food? I mean you don't want to throw out all that food. And so no. they go and they drag in everybody that they can. And of course, you know, these are poor people, they are peasants mm-hmm. and so forth that are being now given this opportunity. And so they're not really, um, you know, as, as in, they're being poverty stricken. You know, usually you dress up for a wedding, right? That's right. Yeah. Uh, I think we all dress up to, at, at our best for weddings and that's and that's nice. That's the way it should be.
0: We often go out and buy a new outfit to go to a wedding. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm.
1: A nice formal outfit. Mm-hmm. Peasants aren't going to have that kind of clothing. No. you know, A peasant in the time of Jesus would have one set of clothes and that was it, you know, nothing more. The ones more. on
0: their back. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And so they are invited in and this doesn't look quite right for a royal wedding. And so they are all given a wedding garment. Now that wedding garment, of course, is the righteousness of Christ. But then it goes on it says something very interesting. In verse 11, can you read for us verse 11, please, Mon?
0: But when the king came in to meet the guests, he noticed a man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for a wedding.
1: Okay, so this is interesting. The king comes in to see the guests and he can see that one of them doesn't have on...
0: Wedding attire. Wedding attire. Mm -hmm, mm
1: -hmm. Now, the question that goes through my mind is this. Why hadn't somebody else picked it? Why hadn't the people at the door picked the fact that this person wasn't wearing the right clothes?
0: Yeah, that he was violating the dress code, essentially.
1: And here's the point... Oh, yeah. They couldn't see it. They couldn't tell. Because that wedding garment is the righteousness of Christ. Oh, wow. Now, you can pretend to be righteous and be corrupt in your heart. Mm. And nobody knows, but God does. And that's why the foundation stands sure having this seal. God knows those who are his. When it comes to God's church, the foundation of God's church, that capstone which is Jesus Christ written right there on that capstone is that God knows those who are truly his we're going to move on this is All Sons and Daughters with We Are Waiting here on Faith FM
3: This mountain, broad this sea. Still my sin ran deeper. Grave offense my soul did wreak against creation's keeper. But see what power so fell and fair. His state his holy justice, God Himself all held it bare. How great His love for us is! So serve Him, oh, serve Him.
0: We're back with Faith FM, it's a breakfast show with Lyle and mine, and uh, my microphone has gone on holiday as well, not staying still. (laughs) We are broadcasting live from Ginderbine, as we keep telling you the wonderful Alpine Village, we've just been told we are allowed to give away two free passes, sorry, two two double passes, two double passes, actually one of them, wait, we were told that it could be a family pass or it could be a single pass.
1: A couple pass, family or couple, family Family or couple.
0: couple. So it's up to them.
1: Um, two family couple. We're getting a few more details as this, uh, as this continues on. We've already had, um, phones been ringing off the hook, people registering for it. So, um, we'll let the people know at the end of the week, um, who's, who's, mm-hmm. who's been the lucky winner. But this is the most, this is the most valuable giveaway we have ever had on Faith FM. So I'm super excited about yeah, it. Yeah. Giving
0: this, um, away a holiday, an Alpine Village holiday. is so wonderful. So if you have a family or if you're just a couple.
1: Come for a weekend, relax, chill out. Um,
0: yeah, we're a beautiful chalet for you to stay in. It's a wonderful place. And now, um, do you need to the way you can enter, by the way, is you need to call the show, the breakfast show, during the hours of seven to nine AM every morning. Uh, call one this week. Yeah, one three hundred. One,
2: <laughs> one eight
0: hundred Faith FM. I kinda wanna enter myself. <laughs> No, we out the false number. 1-800-FAITH-FM is a number. Call us up. Give us your details um, and we'll put your name in the hat. And at the end of the week, we're going to draw out two names um, and each will get either a family or a couple's pass to stay here at Dindaby Alpine Village during the summer in one of their chalets. So, yeah, good times to be calling us up. 1 800 Faith
1: Okay, so what have we got for question of the day today, Mike? Yes,
0: Q of the D is a definitional one, Lyle. What does amen mean?
1: Okay, so according to uh,
0: the dictionary, Mr.
1: Google, (laughs) the Hebrew word amen means surely. Surely. Surely.
0: Surely. I like that, surely.
1: Um, Or indeed, or truly. Uh huh. So there's your there's your definition for the word amen. You know, it's funny in uh, in in uh, Christian circles, you have these words that are kind of Christianese. You know, and you go yeah. to church and people people say amen, and you sort Hallelujah. of. Hallelujah. Well, there's another one. Yeah, what does what? that
0: one mean? Okay,
1: so that one actually, I looked that one up. Oh, good on you. That one means it. It ends with the word ya. Mm-hmm. Guess where ya might come from. Yahweh? Um, Yahweh! Oh, yes. Absolutely. So it simply means praise God. Praise hey. Yahweh. So your, your famous Hallelujah chorus is, you know, praise God, praise God, praise God. Yeah, all that kind of. Thing. I won't try and sing so it. So
0: when, so when we say, so when like someone says something good and we say, oh, praise the Lord, Hallelujah is like another way of saying praise the Lord. It's another
1: way of saying exactly the same thing. It's just the Christianese way of saying it. But okay. I like praise God better because that's kind of English and we all know what we're saying.
0: Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh huh.
1: Uh huh. But yeah, so there you go. Sometimes you may have been in church and sang uh, songs and it's got the word Hallelujah in it, and now you know what it means.
0: Yeah, there's that one with the, the kids singing. There's like Hallelu, Hallo Hallelu, yeah. Praise you! Look, that one.
1: Yeah, yeah that, that one. one. Yeah, and, uh, and and amen. You know, you'll often hear people calling out. You know, they might. Hear, you always say amen when there's something that you agree to. Yeah, when we agreeing. use it a little bit more broadly these days. Pretty much anything that you like in church, mm-hmm. you can say amen. It's a way of the audience responding, and it's always good to have audience response. The more an audience responds, the more energy there is in the church. The more energy there is in the church, and the better the preacher will preach.
0: Oh, is that how it works as a lie? That's
1: exactly how it works. So next time when, we're uh, in when church? The, when the audience is completely dead and sitting there like, mm, about it. If you, <laughs> yeah, then it makes it really hard for the preacher. So if the preacher's doing a terrible job, just, just start being interactive and saying amen and giving him some encouragement. This is one of the things I love about the uh, African-American churches, you know, where... Um, in, in, in the United States where you'd be preaching away and, uh, you might start to struggle a little bit and they're, and they're always there to give you encouragement. You know, it's, it's like, Lord, help him, help him. And you're looking for a Bible verse and they're, and they're giving you all this encouragement and it gets you all fired <laughs> up. And it's so exciting. It's just the best. It's such a fantastic culture. And, uh, we here in Australia, we tend to, um, you know, follow our very more stoic. conservative mm-hmm. British heritage where mm-hmm. it's like, oh no, you know, let's, let's, let's not say anything in church. Let's keep it all very quiet and peaceful. I think but, we saw that um,
0: difference with uh, Prince Harry and Meghan's wedding, where like the the British people were all aghast when that black preacher got up and preached. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> a cross cultural wedding, great to see a cross cultural wedding. Indeed, so much fun. yeah, but um, yeah, very different, uh, very different environment and culture that you've got there. But yeah, participate in church, get into it, uh, bring some life into your audience. And, uh, you can say
0: Amen and Hallelujah outside of church, by the way Of course you
1: can, yes, absolutely indeed. Yeah. Well,
0: thank you so much for answering that one, Lyle If you have a question, give us a call The number here is 1-800-FAITH-FM
4: Jesus cares for me It seems too good to be All my and Oh, I was all alone.
1: To Bart Millard and Vince Gill, Jesus Cares for Me here on Faith FM. And we have come to the end of our show where we're giving something away. But don't forget, we are giving the ultimate giveaway away this week. The greatest giveaway ever given away on, uh, uh, Faith FM. And that is two summer passes for a family or a couple right here at the Adventist Alpine Village. Come away for a weekend retreat in the in the uh in the snowy mountains. And- We're
0: giving away so many things. we have got four different prizes today. It's confusing. We got the uh, we got the holiday which you can just call and register your details and we'll draw a winner on Friday. We have the quiz prize which is still going begging. We have the uh, YouTube subscription cookbook. We only have like a handful of those left. And now we also have our regular giveaway at the end of the show. It's
1: just go it's it's like
0: our show is basically just a giveaway show. <coughs> <coughs> just tune in if you want to get stuff.
1: <laughs>
0: we are a vending machine. <laughs> Today we have a well, wonderful. We are this week ho-
1: anyway. There goes the. There goes the phone. Well, the phone's it's going phone off call again. Off
0: Today we have a wonderful giveaway. This is uh, this is. I thought this was um, quite on point because we are a grey man's camp and they're grey Man's. grey nomads, and uh, we, are grey by, no- <laughs> we are surrounded by. We are surrounded.
1: What are they? If they're no, if they're man's no- <laughs> then there's. Sh-
0: We're surrounded by wise people with grey hairs. And uh, I was quite inspired when I saw this book. This book is called Eight Secrets to a Healthy 100. If you want to live to 100... <clears throat> Follow what this book teaches you and you'll get there. So this is what you need to do to get to 100 years old. So it breaks it down into an acronym and uh, and it goes over each chapter. It's, it's, it's not a huge book. It's not a huge book. It's pretty simple. Uh, so it just breaks it down. There's only 13 chapters and it just gives you excellent... Excellent health advice. Uh, so you know about you know about longevity, um, food choices, all about rest, your environment, uh, getting some exercise, your outlook, your nutrition, all that kind of good stuff. So this book is called Eight Secrets to a Healthy 100: What You Can Learn from the All Stars of Longevity." So they also do case studies on people who have and continue to live to their nineties and up to 100.
1: And don't forget, if you would like to study the Bible more, give us a call one 24 Is the uh, 843 is the number? I nearly forgot the last part of it there. (laughs) Yeah, 1
0: 800 FaithFM. And
1: uh, you can even do uh, my prophetic code, Course43.
0: We'll see you tomorrow.